The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay. So, um, Bill invited me to uh, participate in this and to... uh, um, uh, join the Buddhist chaplain symposium, uh, which I had n- no idea uh, what it was, and uh, um, and then he asked me to um, speak on metta, which is uh, loving kindness, is the uh, uh, general translation of of uh, of the word metta, and. Uh, so that uh, it was actually really important for me to get here a bit earlier, uh, as I did, and hear what people are doing. Uh, otherwise, I would have n- no idea what to talk about, uh, because I, uh, uh, one of the uh, features of, of uh, our training uh, in, in our tradition is, um, yeah, we don't prepare our talks, and... Uh, and just get up and and uh, see what comes out. So without having a, a feel for for the group, it, uh, uh, I could have. Uh, I mean, I could have got up and talked about anything really, but uh, would, it could have been pretty boring or, or useless. So that uh, there's a few different uh, aspects of of, uh, and I'm, I'm hearing what people are are involved in uh, seems to be uh, mostly around uh, one prison work, uh, hospice care in terms of uh, dying, and then in hospitals with people who are, are ill, uh, and, uh, and with mental health. Uh, so these are, are uh, um, all areas that to me are are uh, um, you know an aspect of, of being able to bring the um, quality of um, say the Buddha's teachings uh, into into the world and to be able to um, not just the teachings but I think what's really important is the is the example uh, I think before we we you know even talk about about uh, uh, you know sort of meditation techniques or whatever. I think it's really important to to recognize that um, you know what we what we communicate um, and the way we interact with others uh, is very much dependent on our own foundation and the the, the foundation that we bring to our our practice and and. Uh, and it was interesting on the uh, uh, the car ride down this morning. Uh, Josh actually asked me what uh, uh, my teacher in Thailand is Ajahn Chah, and uh, he's a well-known meditation teacher. And uh, uh, Josh was asking me about the uh, kind of instruction and and techniques that uh, Ajahn Chah gave for. Uh, developing 
loving-kindness meditation. And uh, it kind of stumped me because I don't really remember Ajahn Chah giving actual specifics around loving-kindness meditation uh, because, I mean, I'm not sure why, um, but certainly the, the, I mean, there was always, I mean, it's always a, an aspect of, uh, of the, the teachings and the training, uh, this cultivation of, of loving-kindness. Um, but uh, for Ajahn Chah, um, he tended to actually embody it as opposed to teach it as a technique. So that his example uh, was, was one of, of, uh, of loving-kindness. And uh, I actually remember having a discussion with uh, uh, Ajahn Chah. Ajahn Chah passed away about 20 years ago, so he's uh, his successor. Um, I remember him um, speaking, we're speaking to, uh, there's a couple of us senior monks, and... and uh, and he was saying, you know, Ajahn Chah had tremendous loving kindness. And uh, and he said, yeah, yeah. And he said, you know, that's, you know, that's why, you know, so many people were drawn to him. And people, you know, people were drawn to him from all th- through the, the uh, spectrum of, of, uh, of society. And, and, I mean, he drew people from, all around the world to him, and uh, it was, and then, uh, and then this senior monk said, "You know, a lot of loving kindness is it's hard work." <laughs> he said, "I'm saying I'm going to focus on equanimity." <laughs> <laughs> So that, uh, but the the you know the reality is is that you know the the, the there is a uh, the that loving kindness is something that is is very it's it's part of a giving as well. Loving kindness is is uh, is not just a meditation technique that you do to make yourself feel better, which is and that's a good thing to do, uh, but it's also. Uh, it's something that is really incorporated into one's uh, uh, living. And it's interesting, loving-kindness, uh, when we, in, 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 the, in Buddhist teachings, the, uh, um, the divine abidings, Brahma-viharas, uh, there's four of them, loving-kindness, compassion, uh, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. And... Uh, with compassion, it's actually quite clearly delineated that so the, the word for, for compassion um, uh, that is used as a, a divine abiding or uh, uh, the Brahma-vihara um, is karuna. And, and it's seen as more of a, say, like a meditative state. Uh, and... There's another word, anukampa, which is the application of compassion. 
and and it it actually literally means to tremble with, uh, and uh, so that and and loving kindness and compassion. It's you, these aren't distinct, uh, or they're not discrete. Uh, they work together, um, but the uh, the loving kindness is it isn't is never sort of kind of distinguished between what is just a meditative state or what is is something that is the the engagement of application of of loving kindness so that they're they're, they're they work together uh, uh, so the 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 actual development of of loving kindness is a and i think one of the one of the things that's really I think is really helpful uh, in terms of of loving kindness and and applying loving kindness and using loving kindness in a a setting of engagement with um, uh, with the world is that the um, I mean there's one of the it's one is that it's a difficult word to translate. Uh, and so that it's this hybrid uh, of two words together. Um, but it's also, um, even when, as soon as you even use the word in the in English language, you, you know, loving, love, you've got to have love, and you've got to have love for everybody, and you go into a situation uh, that's, Stressful or or difficult, and and then and you and then you want and then you at the end of the day you, say, you know what happened to my loving kindness, and uh, or you know you're meeting with people who, um, or even dealing with a, a system sometimes like the people you engage with, but then you're having to work within a a system, uh, and. Uh, it really pushes the 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 kind of of um, uh, ability to to be able to sustain these loving thoughts and, <laughs> and but I think it's important to recognize that the word that the Buddha uses metta is 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 a lot broader in the sense that um, there's when it's translated into Thai, um, in the Thai language, what it means is to it's 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 a well wishing, so that there is these one is wishing oneself well and wishing others well, and and that's a so to to have these the to this well wishing and the the uh, that desire for others' happiness and and well being. Uh, is uh, you can still have the de- that desire for others' well-being and really have this strong sense of of wishing good for others uh, and still get irritated and frustrated and and it's you know that's part of the picture. So because sometimes they they think oh my me- my 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 loving kindness is completely failing me because I'm irritated and upset and you realize well no it's this is a different or some you know some people just you know push your buttons or they're they're incredibly uh, difficult to deal with uh, and you can still wish somebody well uh, but not 
You know, you don't have to, um, you don't have to even be nice to them sometimes. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> you know, so that, Yes, which was, you know, again, sort of thinking back to my, my living with, with my teacher, Ajahn Chah, I mean, incredible loving kindness. Uh, but uh, um, he, he, could, be, he could be very fierce, he could be very um, demanding, he could expect you to live up to a standard and, and be willing to push you to do it. And sometimes, you know, not even be so nice about it. <laughs> but you always felt this well-wishing behind it. And that's really important that we, you, you, you actually cultivate that as a, as a different... It's a different f- feeling because we tend to, uh, especially in the, in the West, of, of uh, uh, you know, well, that sense of the idealizing of how we should be we should be having all this loving kindness uh, and then feeling guilty because uh, because one isn't living up to the, the this this uh, yeah idealized version of what a, lo- a loving person is like uh, and then just going spiraling into these complications of around guilt and uh, which is real it was is another Kind of, I remember one time traveling as a translator and attendant for a very senior uh, Thai monk from Thailand. Uh, Songkrad would know him, Lumpur Banyananda, and uh, uh, very fam- and, and another great example of loving kindness and just uh, incredibly giving. But uh, we were in New Zealand, and uh, he led a meditation and and. Uh, uh, gave a talk, and then there was a question and answer period after, and then the question was was around um, from one of the Kiwis of what uh, you know, how do I deal with how do we, in practice how do I deal with guilt? And then, and of course, I have to translate the the question, and and then I. Uh, uh, I started to think, and, and, I, and I burst out laughing because uh, I mean I've been translating and living in Thailand, of course, and I didn't know what the Thai word for guilt was, <laughs> which is a whole revelation in terms of <laughs> sort of Western psychology, <laughs> and <laughs> and then uh, so then I explained to to. Uh, uh, what I was laughing about. And then I had to explain to him what a Westerner does to make themselves feel guilty. (laughs) And then he listened to it and he had this very, very concerned look on his face as he he said, 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 oh, that's really, that's really suffering. Tell tell them not to do that. (laughs) <laughs> so, so one. I mean, one of the things that is is really important in terms of of like of of 
loving-kindness practice is the first person that you actually direct loving-kindness towards is yourself. That is the, that's the formula. Uh, and uh, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a really important foundation. When we, when, we're, when we do the, whether it's the chanting that we do on a regular basis or, uh, or the, the uh, cultivation of, of uh, loving-kindness as a formal meditation, then the first person that's directed, that you direct your loving-kindness towards, is yourself. Uh, so that there's a, uh, uh, that, that well-wishing and feeling of well-being is established within one's own heart. Uh, and uh, it's really important because you, this in particularly when one is uh, working with others and one is actually giving a lot, to, to others, uh, and then, you know, being in, in stressful situations, um, that, uh, uh, that there is this source of, of inner renewal, uh, and, and uh, loving-kindness is a, is, a, is a major foundation for that inner renewal of, of one's own resources. Uh, so that's, it's a, because, you know, we tend to to idealize of all the things we should be doing. And, uh, and there's no end to the things we should be doing. <laughs> but uh, we, so we, we, do know, we do need to, to have this, this basis of, of our own renewal. And it's not a, it's not a selfish practice uh, to look after yourself. Uh, it, it's, it's actually what what you have to give and to share uh, is from your own resources. Uh, you can't draw on theory, or you can't draw on nice ideals and good, good ideas. You have to draw on your own experience and your own uh, foundation of your, your own goodness and your own uh, sense of, of well, especially when you're bringing uh, uh, a, a practice to others, uh, then um, that's more what people respond to. Uh, is the is the the, the, the your, your, your what you what you present or what you, you know, what you bring, and 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 even in uh, things what you think are just completely impossible situations, um, a a a. A, a, a focusing and returning to a center of, of loving kindness uh, and clarity are are they they transform and are they and then even if they don't I mean at least you've got your own basis covered you know your own basis covered but but it does tend to to affect others so I, I got an example uh, that I had. Um, was uh, um, a uh, it'd be I think it's over just it'd be about ten years ago now. Uh, I was uh, invited to to San Quentin uh, to uh, be a uh, uh, yes 
spiritual advisor, counselor, uh, during the, the last days before a, uh, a Thai prisoner's uh, uh, execution. And uh, so that, uh, um, and he'd been incarcerated for about 16 years and uh, all the appeals had, had run down and he was, was uh, uh, and he'd been up for execution once and then that was, there was a stay of execution um, um, and then uh, this was the second, hi- second go around and uh, he uh, and when I uh, they, the people contacted me because he was uh, um, he had had a contact with a uh, another um, like a, a, a prison chaplain, but wasn't wasn't Buddhist, and uh, um, and he hadn't really had contact with with others, um, so that. Uh, uh, and he found that that actually a bit distracting coming up to the, his own execution and just he ended up having to look after the the chaplain because um, um, she, she just found it very difficult to 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 deal with thing and uh, so he was keen just to not not he had a very strong meditation practice he had a very strong spiritual focus. Uh, he had a very good relationship with the, the guards uh, in his th- that were familiar with him, so that in the the, uh, the coming up to the last days, and he had some special privileges, uh, and uh, but what was difficult was coming to the uh, between just before the execution. You go from the the, the ordinary cell block area to the execution chambers and you go there about six o'clock in the evening and then the, the execution is at midnight and the the guards completely change and it's from the 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 the, the general pool of of the the guard population and they are volunteers for that uh, so it's not your most stellar or sympathetic group. In fact, they tend to be pretty nasty. Uh, and the, the, uh, um, the, uh, the chaplain, um, the Christian chaplain, uh, had, had she'd, she'd, she had attended several, quite a few uh, executions. And, and uh, so she gave me a rundown of various people who could be there, and what they tended to do, and uh, and that, uh, and also that it begins with you know even just as you're taken there, say as a chaplain, then you're um, it's all there's a you know they strip search you and they and they and they uh, uh, so that you're already sort of put in your place. And uh, and then your your uh, the 
person who is going to be executed is in one cell and then say myself as a chaplain is in a, a kind of a kitty corner cell. They're adjacent like this and uh, so we're locked in uh, these adjacent cells and then you can talk through the corner there. And then there's four uh, there's four guards, one sort of sitting right here watching the the prisoner is going to be executed, another one sitting behind him and watching the chaplain. And then there's two that are in the corner standing and watching, and then there's two more who are around, and then they, they, uh, um, they spell each other off. Uh, so that, that's... Uh, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, um, so I was sort of. It was explained to me what what was going to happen, and uh, they uh, uh, and how uh, uh, you know kind of cold and almost inhuman that they can be, and it, it's 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 that that it it is like that, and. So then I, I uh, um, talked with, uh, his name was Jay, uh, they, as, uh, the prisoner, and uh, I said, uh, and he had been a monk uh, for a short period, he'd been a, done a three-month ordination, temporary ordination, uh, as a young man, and, uh, and so he, uh, he knew some of the, some of the chanting, and uh, and so that I said, okay, what we're what we're going to do, we're going to go down, we're going to go down there, and he gets taken down one way, I get taken down another, and then we meet up, and uh, said we're going to we're going to chant, and we're going to meditate, and we're going to spread loving kindness, and we're going to um, uh, uh, change the the energy of the of the situation, and. Uh, and then, so we got there, and then the, the, the head, the, the chief guard, uh, who I had uh, actually heard about, I saw the description, so he had a okay, oh, this, that's this guy, okay. Yeah. Piece of work, this one. And, uh, and then so he sort of uh, kind of runs down, okay, this is what it's going to be like, these are the rules, this six hours, this is, this is what you do. And uh, so, uh, so then we, uh, and then I actually had had to sort of say, you know, you see, he 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 made us, he say he made me uh, commit to uh, speaking only in English, uh, and uh, uh, to so that it was uh, uh, there was no, and I said, well. You know, we're going to do some chanting, and there's some English chants, but there's also some chants in scriptural language, and I want to do those as well. And he said, "Okay, it's chanting." And so, so then, uh, uh, but then some of them, some of them are translated into English. So then I can do that. So anyway, by the so it's all sort of, you know, kind of gruff and tense, and and uh, and then. Uh, uh, um, so we did the chanting, the meditation, and of course I uh, used Jay as a 
a foil for one. It was instruction to him, but it was also instruction to the to, to the, the guards had to sit and listen. So <laughs> instructing them, and so instructing Jay about loving kindness meditation and sharing of merit, and and uh, and then we we did the. Uh, he took took precepts and took refuges, and then uh, um, did a formal request, and then did chanting. And I'd given gave I'd given a talk before that, and did a short meditation, and we did the chanting. And uh, that was you know it, it took up a fair bit of time. And then the uh, finished the chanting. And the, then the senior guard asked, uh, um, "Do you, you know, you've been, you, 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 I can't remember what he said. He didn't say singing, but he didn't say chanting either. Uh, but he said, you know, you've been chanting uh, for a long time. Can I, can I get you some juice or something?" <laughs> and then I said, uh, "Well." Uh, actually, no, thanks. And he said, "Oh, wow! You know, your throat must be dry by now." I said, "Well, yeah, it is, but but I heard that it's really difficult to to uh, uh, to get out of here to go to the toilet and then come back and and there's all these." And he said, "No, that's okay. There's a toilet right here." You know, and and he said, "Well, well, we can make it happen. Work. We'll look after you here." And. Uh, um, so I said, well, in that case, I'll have some more juice. Okay, I'll get some more <laughs> And then after that, it was, it was fine. You know, there was this, this, uh, this real change. I mean, you know, it was still, they had to do their duty, but the feeling was completely different. So that, that sense of, of drawing people into a sphere of, of loving kindness and, and uh, including, including them in the, 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 uh, that directing of loving kindness, and then the the uh, uh, the 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 dedication of of blessings and, and goodness, whatever goodness comes, that they that that they were included, and I think that's something that that is is really important in terms of that uh, the framing of loving kindness is is something that is both directed toward oneself, but then it's it goes out to to others, and it keeps going out, and it keeps going out, and it keeps going out, and that that uh, you know the heart uh, expands and and drops its its uh, um, it, its shells and its 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 boundaries, and that's actually what what one they, they say these um, divine abidings or these 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 four. Uh, one of the translations that I really like is say the four mature emotions. Yeah. Uh, these are mature emotions that don't have the the, the boundaries of me and and uh, selective of you. There's a really mature. It doesn't sort of select. It really extends itself out. And uh, so that that. Uh, um, and then, of course, when it's shaken or there's, it's really uncomfortable, then you come back and establish it again within oneself, um, looking after oneself again 
and then you can you can can share another aspect I think that is really important when we talk about loving kindness uh, because we the idiom that we tend to use is is you know that you know, and it's you know sharing of loving kindness um, sending of loving kindness uh, uh, directing of loving kindness and uh, but what uh, to me what's always worked better uh, is that one is is excellent thank you that's that's, that's very kind <laughs> <laughs> the uh, that that one uh, rather than because we we think of that okay we're going to you know the sending of loving kindness here and over there and out to this boundary and at this and uh, it's not like a sort of a you know a loving kindness postman or something is you know a delivery person uh, it's a it, what one, what's to me, what works better is actually like imagining a vessel within the heart. The heart is a vessel that is is then uh, we allow loving kindness to establish itself, and as we establish that, then we can can we invite people into that. We invite different beings. We invite into that into that space and that as we are able to establish that more strongly more boundlessly then the container increases uh, rather than and having to be this delivery person going off in different directions sending your loving kindness in uh, outwards it's sort of it's sort of really this is the, the 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 foundation and and as we establish it more firmly and then that's what expands and you can invite more and more beings more and more situations be comfortable with those situations you invite them into the space um, and uh, and of course that's in ter- especially in terms of I mean uh, as a engaging with activity and situations uh, it's a, a much more practical way of one of looking after oneself but then also drawing in the, 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 the situation uh, into that into that space um, the The ways that we we uh, cultivate loving kindness are uh, can be uh, um, you know, quite. Uh, when you read it, sometimes it it, uh, it seems so formulaic and uh, um, dry and boring, actually. Um, and so it's it's really important that if one is cultivating loving kindness as a practice in the meditation that 
that one takes on something that has a meaning uh, to oneself. And because uh, um, sometimes it's like, like bringing up an image uh, that, because uh, what, what loving kindness is more like a kind of a spark or a warmth uh, within the heart, uh, a, uh, um, uh, you know, the, a, a feeling. The loving kindness is not the phrases. Like the more you repeat the phrases and the more more meta points you win sort of <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really paying attention to that, that feeling of of kindness of well wishing of warmth of friendliness uh, and uh, you know there's just so many different ways that that one can can cultivate that and uh, you know, her one teacher in our tradition is saying, um, "Yeah, I mean, if you can't, uh, loving kindness doesn't come up as an abstract uh, feeling or as a uh, generate toward yourself or or some within some relationship with others, and you, know, you can even you can just think of some." kitten or, you know, bring an image of a kitten or a little puppy or something, just something that softens the heart. And, and that, you know, it's just this using, using the things that, 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 yeah, that kind of soften the heart and get that sense of warmth of, ah, oh, no one has that sense of care that, 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 that is, is uh, uh, I mean, and it's a, it's an, on a certain level, it's an ordinary emotion, but then learning how to Tap into it and and uh, and to facilitate its its growth and its its establishment, and then it's uh, bringing it into the bringing it into the heart. The the ways that we uh, uh, that we do that again, it's, it's sometimes the the you know using image because some people are very visual. And so that using images that, that help that feeling to arise. Some people are are uh, um, you know, are, are more. You know, it is around words and ideas. And so that that bringing the ideas up that, that but that that then generate that that feeling. So that 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 sense of um, like I've I've used different phrase and oftentimes I'll, the way the mind works is that even if we've got a technique that works it'll work for a while and then you get bored <laughs> it's just the way the mind works and it isn't as oh my loving kindness practice has failed no the mind is just displaying its ordinary tendency of, of getting inured to something so then being able to to, to to switch or to change so that one of the I've always some of the the chants chants that we do have particular phrases that I find evoke a, a feeling. Like there's a one of the chants that uh, um, that we do in our tradition that's uh, translated from a, a regular chant um, in the scriptural language, um, and um, it's just "May I abide in well-being," and it's May I abide in well-being, and that's in freedom from affliction, 
in freedom from hostility, in freedom from ill will, in freedom from anxiety, and may I maintain well-being in myself. So that just being going through that as a as a as a chant, and it's, it has a resonance to it. And uh, to me, it, it, it has a, a kind of a nice cadence. Uh, and the, the words can have different meaning. I mean, the actual literal translation, there's another monastery that translates it and chants it, uh, but it has a different cadence to it because it's sort of, may I be happy, and which is, you know, it's <laughs> which is true. <laughs> But it, has, but it has a, evokes a sort of a different feeling. So, so that that uh, you know you have to find, and that probably works for the people who are used to that as well. But uh, um, you know those are you know, it's experimenting and seeing. Well, what is it that actually works? Or the uh, the uh, uh, because I find that some that these chants stick in, and certainly do in, in my, they stick in my mind, and especially you've chanted them over years, and then they, they stick in the mind, and, they're, and then they can turn into meditation objects, they're, they're because they, they, you can revolve when you're familiar with them, and you can start to recognize the nuances. Uh, say they, well, there's a, a, a two sentences, two fra- a phrase that comes in... Uh, uh, the Buddha's um, words on loving kindness, which is one of the uh, oldest teachings of the Buddha, uh, sort of one in the oldest, one of the oldest layers of the of the the Buddhist canon, the Pali canon, and uh, that, uh, just that, wishing in gladness and in safety, may all beings be at ease, and it's just that, and so I've used that. Just taking that and and letting that roll through the mind and roll through the mind and because uh, sometimes having words uh, is really helpful and especially if they, they evoke a feeling and you direct attention to evoking that feeling uh, and exploring the the feeling um, because then you can uh, once you know what the phrase means and you realize well. It's actually, uh, it could be translated in many different ways. Uh, and, uh, and then it, it's, uh, uh, but it's, uh, uh, those words help to kind of direct attention, uh, our attention in a way that, that uh, you know, we would all like to be mindful and have our minds clear and spacious and blah, blah, blah. But we just keep cranking it out sometimes, so that that just that you know thoughts and proliferations and ideas and it just it just it's just relentless sometimes. <laughs> so that having having these phrases to to kind of cut through that that tendency and then and then of course it's what it's taking you to is and what you're trying to cultivate and develop is a particular feeling. And then the feeling itself will start to to uh, um, 
uh, gain momentum. And then the f it's like a bridge that then allows you to go into that, enter into that feeling. Um, and then that's what you allow the mind to start to absorb into. Um, but it's helpful to have that bridge. It's helpful to have the tools. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, of course, that, to me, that's always one of the, uh, the, uh, the beautiful aspects of the, the Buddha's teaching is that he's giving us tools. Uh, and uh, those tools are, are uh, um, uh, we really learn how to use them skillfully. Uh, and, and that's what our training and practice is, but really learning how to use the tools skillfully rather than trying to make ourselves conform to some sort of Buddhist ideal of what the... Say, what's the Buddhist perfect chaplain like? <laughs> so the... the uh, what, another aspect of, say, of loving-kindness um, or practice and training within a, um, a chaplaincy program in particular uh, is the... really paying attention to the uh, realities that the Buddha points to. And there's a, um, a discourse where the Buddha uh, points out five things that should be reflected on on a daily basis. And, uh, and it's one that, uh, say, again, we do it as a chant, uh, and uh, you chant it on a regular basis. But I'm of the nature to age, I've not gone beyond aging. I'm of the nature to sicken, I've not gone beyond sickness. I'm of the nature to die, I've not gone beyond dying. All that is mine, beloved and pleasing, will become otherwise, will become separated from me. I'm the owner of my kamma, heir to my kamma, born of my kamma, related to my kamma, abide supported by my kamma. Whatever kamma I shall do, for good or for ill, of that I will be the heir. And kamma in, it's important, I think, too, because there's quite a wide variety of, of people with experience. And kamma, is the, it's the verb to do. It's actions. I'm the owner of my actions, heir to my actions. So sort of actions by body, speech, and mind. So kamma is not a, some complicated uh, uh, philosophical or... or, uh, or uh, uh, cosmological theory about something. This is actions and results. Um, so that that uh, uh, dealing with people, and especially, and, and this this is this ties in very directly with loving kindness in the sense of one has to be grounded in the realities of human existence to respond. Um, to, in a way that is, uh, one is not intimidated by or uh, frustrated by or fearful of. Um, you know, just that, these are, this is that somebody gets old or gets sick or dies uh, or there's separation, painful um, things. That, uh, this is this is ordinary. This is what what the world is about. And to be able to
place that front and center is a, 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 a real kindness to oneself and a kindness to others. Because I think one of the things that's really important in um, dealing with people who are, are suffering is that one's not intimidated or fearful or, uh, of, of any of it. Uh, one has to be able to um, have really taken on board uh, that that this is that's not just them that's that's me uh, and it's not just me it's everybody uh, this is what we all have to contend with or deal with or experience we all have to experience these uh, these realities. These, this is what, what uh, uh, he said, like my teacher Ajahn Chah, he says, yeah, well, you know, you get born, you don't get a, you don't get a warranty card with it. That's, <laughs> you know, some sort of guarantee that it's going to be the way you like it, or the, the way you think it should be. This is, uh, yeah, there's no no warranty. There's no. We're not quite sure when it's going to run out, how it's going to run out, what's going to happen, and uh, uh, to be able to really internalize that. And uh, the more clearly we can, we internalize that, um, the more um, uh, let me say natural. It is to just responding to oneself and others with this quality of kindness and empathy, uh, because it's uh, uh, you know on a certain level it all sucks, but (laughs) 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 but (laughs) well yes exactly, and which is why the 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 response is one of caring and kindness and because uh, you realize that you can those are the those are the opportunities that you especially when when people are are in difficulty those are the conduits that they can then tap back into their own loving kindness or their own compassion or their own joy or their own equanimity uh, and that's and, and it's it's because they've got an example but it's you can't be intimidated by it, or you can't expect it to be any other way. Uh, so that's a a uh, uh, you know it's like uh, well my te- my own teacher uh, Ajahn Chah, one of the great meditation masters of uh, you know of the of the era, uh, respected all over. And uh, he was completely uh, incapacitated, physically incapacitated, mentally incapacitated, uh, by the time he was 63. Um, A um, degenerative brain disease, wasn't really understood at the time. He he had a period of... of, uh, Degeneration, physical degeneration. There was diabetic. There was all sorts of 
physical problems going on, and then he was having a lot of dizziness, and uh, and then uh, and then there was a and then he had a fluid on the brain, which was then uh, was, that was really creating tremendous pressure, and and uh, so that was relieved. He felt better for a while, uh, and then uh, and 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 then he. Uh, just continued to degenerate, de- and so both phys- and then he was almost about ten years bedridden, unable to uh, to uh, physically move, and unable to communicate. So he lost all all of that, and completely bedridden. And uh, uh, um, you know, so it's like very kind of a advanced dementia or um, and uh, but he was all as it was as it was happening one of the things he was he was actually very clear in in saying you know this this is what's happening and he could and he could also see he'd be very careful there was times when he would pull himself back uh, from engaging because he couldn't quite Trust what was going to, what was going to come out of his mouth because he was, he he knew that 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 he couldn't trust his perceptions, uh, and he let people his he had his attendants there and he let them know, um, and uh, and then uh, uh, and then of course as he uh, lost all his um, motor coordination and and speech. Uh, then all that was left was his eyes, and uh, and if uh, if uh, and we we set up a uh, we built a as he was he was in hospital for quite a few months, but <coughs> really trying to get to grips. Uh, it, was, it was probably about almost a year after his his brain operation where they put a shunt in and to relieve the pressure in the brain. And uh, and then maybe about eight or nine months. And then he was in hospital for quite a few months with the, the Queen of Thailand had him flown down and got all the, the best doctors to... But it was it was just basically we had a diagnosis. We didn't have a, a real treatment except to be able to look after him. And uh, we continued to... Sort of uh, um, so the, during that time we built a um, uh, a dwelling place for him specifically to and knowing that he was going to be bedridden we didn't know for how long and then uh, and then we set up a a system of of uh, uh, the monks um, looking after him and uh, um, which was a, a you know a great opportunity for us as students to to look after him and to to uh, care care for him and uh, you know for everything um, and as he as he continued to because it, it was a, there was a slow slower degeneration of how he could be fed and how he could be looked after and uh, um, everybody had to. Um, there was what there was, there was at least one monk who was very experienced, 
as the head monk, and there was there was a sort of a day shift and a night shift. There'd be a, so, and then there would be another monk who was uh, experienced, but maybe not quite as experienced as the first. And then there could be two monks who were completely inexperienced, and just and and then a novice, so that they had so they would look after all his needs, and. Uh, and then one shift for the day, one shift for the night. And then every two weeks, uh, they would change. And, uh, and it would be on our lunar observance days, uh, the full, either the full moon or the new moon. And then and there'd be monks coming from all around. Because Ajahn Chah had many, many branch monasteries. Um, uh, I mean, he affected many people. So so that uh, uh, they would uh, come and wait and then hope to be able to get in the, the roster. And, uh, and he would, yeah, so ten years of being bedridden, unable to sort of look after himself, and uh, he uh, never had a bed sore, which is, for those people who have been in that kind of care, that's, that was something. Uh, and uh, kind of attentiveness that, that they gave, but also a part of what was wasn't just the physical care, uh, but there was also the the uh, uh, say if monks were there and they started talking worldly chit chat. Uh, or kind of you know getting involved in contention or or uh, 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 aggravating each other, speaking and unskillfully. Every everybody who was there, you'd always hear Chan. The eyes would be on, and there would be. <laughs> it's like he couldn't do anything else, but all of a sudden. They'd feel Ajahn Chah's eyes on them. <laughs> uh, there, there was one time that, that uh, there was one Western monk, and, and I think there was two Western monks, and they got into a bit of an argument with each other. And, uh, and then Ajahn Chah, uh, and they were like, it was his bed, and then um, it was probably six, eight feet, and uh, and they were sort of down at, at toward the end of the bed, and, and that way, away from the bed, and they're kind of back and forth with each other, and, and uh, then Ajahn Chah sort of gave this kind of kind of kind of a cough, but he had a, at that time he had a tracheotomy, so this this uh, this this gob of phlegm shooting up. <laughs> Shooting out and hit the wall right between them. <laughs> and that was the end of there. <laughs> that was the end of there. <laughs> so that, you know, just again, sort of this kind of looking out for this. You, know, you don't need to be getting in this. Don't, you know, that, that contention or this, this, this kind of. Kindness of Ajahn Chah's, you know, manifested in different ways, and and uh, you know, even as a as a you know very incapacitated, um, and 
And I think one of the things that, that did, like right now in Thailand, there's probably about 300 monasteries associated with Ajahn Chah. So that during the time of Ajahn Chah's um, illness, uh, and because because he was still alive, but he wasn't teaching or physically leading, then the community had to learn how to work together uh, much more. And that was act, on a certain level. Again, there was this. It was an act of kindness for Ajahn Chah to to be ill for such a long period of time, because it did give it gave uh, his students, senior monastics, the opportunity to to really learn how to work with each other and, and which oftentimes doesn't happen when a oftentimes when a really senior uh, great teacher passes away and there's you know, there's harmony enough long enough to get him cremated and and then <laughs> And then there's you know the the kind of squabble start and the, and the contentions and competitions end up and and uh, it's something that uh, uh, that didn't really happen and that's uh, I think so that that you know illness and incapacity you, know, you don't know what is coming out of it uh, and to be able to come to it with this this uh, perspective of, of loving-kindness and also uh, a lack of a lack of fear because I think that's one of the things in in uh, a uh, you know American culture Western culture in general is a tremendous amount of fear around around death tremendous amount of fear around around illness and and uh, and that uh, and that somehow it shouldn't be this way um, it shouldn't, but it, it's not the way it is. <laughs> uh, you know, if I were going to design a perfect world, then I'd design it different. But, but, but I actually can't, so I have to accept what it is. And, uh, and then that's that, that, that quality of well-wishing and kindness and concern and willingness to uh, be present. And that 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 really makes the difference uh, in how we negotiate these 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 transitions and these realities, uh, and uh, so maybe I'll I've talked for a long time, and. Uh, and sort of end here and uh, uh, open it up for questions. One of the things I, I did bring, uh, uh, one of the things that, that, that we do in our tradition is, is publications for free distribution. So we brought some along if there's uh, anybody interested. And I, and, I, and I didn't, again, didn't quite understand the, the uh, um, uh, get my mind around the, the people, what, do you, what you all do. And uh, there are a couple other publications at the monastery that, that uh, if you're interested, you can go to the website and there's PDFs there. 
uh, or if you want a physical book, you can just uh, uh, write through write through the uh, uh, through the website and uh, make a request, and it'll it'll uh, be put in the mail at some point in time. But there's one is a small booklet of my experiences with with Jay. It's called The Last Breath, and uh, and then there's another little booklet. It's called Like a River. And that's uh, my experiences, or the, our monastery's experience with uh, a, a young boy who uh, he started coming to the monastery when he was about four or five, and uh, and he died when he was nine. He had a uh, um, a genetic condition with uh, a thalassemia, so uh, the. Uh, uh, the hope was of of uh, it was very it was quite severe and then he was uh, um, given a, a stem cell treatment to to be able to change his whole blood system and it didn't work um, so that uh, uh, he was ill for for uh, well, quite a few months and got and then finally passed away but uh, it's a nice um, uh, he's a very s- sweet, sweet kid. Took a temporary ordination with us, um, and uh, uh, as he was dying, and you know, I was getting towards the last days, and you know, he knew he was 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 dying. And uh, his mother had taken. He was he was, uh, he was uh, a Thai, but he he uh, he grew up in America, and. Uh, so that he would, uh, he would. Uh, they lived up in northern Washington, but they have to come down twice a year to Oakland uh, Children's Hospital uh, to to get treatment, and and uh, and so they'd always come to the monastery, and, and I'd been up to their place, and and then when they go to Thailand, then uh, they'd take uh, him to see different monks there, and he he. Uh, uh, the, as he was was uh, is getting, he had several dreams as he as he was getting closer to death, and and, uh, and he woke up after w- one night and uh, having a dream and told his his, his parents, and all the monks that I know came and chant. They were all around my bed last night chanting for me, and uh, and then his mom asked, him, "Well, was you know, was Ajahn Pasano there?" And, Yes, and it was Ajahn and Nun there. Yes, and it was so and so. Mom, I told you all the monks were there. <laughs> all of them were there. <laughs> that uh, uh, that's a nice little booklet, and uh, so those are uh, sometimes having these experiences as as a as a monastic. Um, I mean, that's one of the. I think some of the, sometimes there's a uh, a perception that you know a mas- monastic lives in a a uh, you know kind of a monastic bubble and doesn't really have much contact with the world. But the the particularly the, the in Theravada tradition and my background in Thailand, um, the uh, you're actually completely interrelated and intertwined with people's lives because the monastery is a, is a refuge 
And uh, so people come, the doors are open, there isn't any. Uh, and people come with, with all of their uh, all of their generosity and goodness as, and their aspirations and they come with all their difficulties and problems. And the monastery is a, is a place where, it's a space where it all, it all can, can fit. So anyway, if anybody's got questions. Yeah. Yeah, I really uh, appreciated your um, story about Achen Cha and taking care of him for those yeah. y- those years, yeah. and it um, it made me wonder what sort of plans um, that you have for your aging monastic community um, yeah. and, and uh, the realities of uh, of the difficulties of, of you know the complications of of aging and sickness and yeah, illness yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, I was. We were because uh, we're riding down in the car together. So two monks uh, from our community are teaching at Mindfulness Care Center today, doing a day long on the thirty-two parts of the body. And uh, uh, one of the monks is uh, uh, Ajahn Krunadamol, and uh, he has a master's degree in hospital administration and uh, former uh, uh, nurse as well. And uh, so he, uh, uh, we were, he was joking. I mean, saying that, oh, was like, talking about oh, getting people to, you know, sort of memorizing the different aspects of the suttas and remembering different aspects of the, of the discourses of the Buddha. And he was sort of, oh, I can't the only thing I can remember these days is the, is the 522 regulations of blue, blue shield. Yeah, yeah, Buddha's not the only list maker. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you, ha- you have to deal with it. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, it is, uh, you know, dealing with the healthcare system. Uh, it's it's painful, especially when you have a, a community, uh, many people. Uh, we're all on individual policies. We can't get a as a religious nonprofit. You can't get a a uh, um, can't get a group policy, uh, and especially where we're in Mendocino County. Uh, so it's all on individual policies, and uh, I, and it was actually one of the um, conditions, or um, that, in terms of the foundation that supports the monastery or looks after the financial aspects of the monastery, uh, that uh, uh, sort of requiring all the residents. Uh, to to have uh, a, a healthcare policy insurance because um, this is just the the liability uh, uh, for the for the uh, for the monastery uh, it's necessary so we have to deal with this and uh, um, looking at we've got a fairly young community uh, I'm the oldest. 
and uh, but I'm certainly getting older, and uh, um, but it's also part of the part of the monastic training is is learning how to look after the sick, uh, so especially looking after learning how to look after each other. Uh, there's a a discourse, or there's a, a, a situation uh, in the time of the Buddha where a monk was was neglected, uh, and uh, he was kind of left on his own with severe diarrhea and you know, lying ill, weak, uh, in his own waste, and and uh, the Buddha and uh, uh, another senior monk, Ananda, came his attendant and they they were doing you know wandering around checking things out and they found they came across this sick monk and they uh, saw that he was neglected so they went ahead and helped uh, clean him up look after him get him settled uh, and then the Buddha called a, a meeting to the of the community and uh, kind of upbraided them for their shortcomings and said you've You've left your home uh, uh, in the world, and you only have each other to look after each other. So you have to look after each other. Uh, and so that, uh, and he said, you know, whoever looks after a sick monk is the same as looking after me as the as the Buddha. So he he put that as a as a priority. Uh, so there tends to be. Um, you know, if one is is um, takes the training seriously, then then you as you from the time you're quite young as a junior member, then you're starting to learn how to uh, how to look after each other, how to pay attention, how to uh, how to help out uh, in times of illness, and uh, and especially uh, say our monastery, like right now we've got. Uh, I mean, it's getting to be a kind of a joke in the monastery because we've we're uh, uh, there's four of them are on benches now, and uh, and there's one of them that <laughs> well, he's one of the younger guys, and his knees are there's three of them with bad knees, and and uh, one with uh, endless sort of problems with hip and knee and feet, uh, uh, so that. Uh, um, just to end up, uh, the uh, we've got 280 acres, and it's like this. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, if anybody's been to a Gary and seen the the uh, where the meditation hall is, uh, and uh, where the is it the house in the leech field. Um, that's the flat part of a Gary. That's it. It's, it's very small. Uh, so that. Uh, uh, yeah, we have to negotiate uh, steep terrain. It's uh, physically, it's uh, uh, you have to put so, put forth some effort. So uh, yeah, so we have to learn how to look after each other. Um, we are fortunate that we we've got uh, um, we've got one doctor who who does. Uh, um, he lives in the adjacent county. He's a Buddhist and and is is very. He actually moved there to to be close to a Uh So if we have any 
need for consultation, uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll check in with him. And he's very, very responsive. Uh, we've got a good local doctor, family care practitioner who's very good. And he, uh, he gives us, uh, you know, he gives us time. Um, it's a, you know, we pay for it, but it's, uh, but he, he's, he's really uh, sympathetic to the monastery and helps. So, so there, these are, 